documentaries, history, insights, interviews, chefs deep dive. And welcome everybody, it's another Ships Deep Dive, and this week we've got a guest, another guest, can you believe it? I'm not paying them, honest, and his name is Bads, he's a friend of mine, and he speaks proper posh. Hello, Bad, 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 hello Bads. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Hi Cliff, this is the first I've heard about you not paying me though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can pay you with Monopoly money. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's probably all you're going to get. So we've both had a look of an old classic film back in a 19... What is it? 1980 did it come out? Or 82? 1980, yeah. 1980. Now, what I heard was it came off the bat of the success of Star Wars and the success of Superman. And then someone thought, I want a bit of that. And they made this. <laughs> They made this for $20 million. Star Wars, everybody out there, was made for around $11 million and took probably in, in excess of $200 million because it came out many times over the last 30-odd years. Superman did the same. So what happened with this one? Well, that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> they do it. No one goes out to make a film a cult classic. No one goes, you know what, we're going to spend a shitload of money on this film. Don't worry if it don't make out, we're making a cult classic. A cult classic is a film that doesn't really do well and has an audience which picks it up over the years and slowly just becomes part of the furniture, what you talk about with your mates down in the pub. 20 million to make Flash Gordon. I wonder how much of that was, was Queen doing the soundtrack, because that... You know, you know what? I, I, that's a good one to look up, actually. Well, you tell us about uh, Flash Gordon, what your thoughts was, how you came about it, and one good thing is, what, do you remember the first time you saw it? Yes. So, for those of you that can think back far enough, and I know that sounds really weird coming from someone as young as me, but um, back in the days of Laserdisc. Wow. Um, well, they're, they're the big-ass ones, weren't they? Was it Philips Laserdiscs? Yeah, so we used to put it in, put it on to watch uh, my nana and granddad's when we used to go down. And uh, there was two films we used to watch on Laserdisc. One was Flash Gordon and the other was uh, was Hook. So many a time have I watched Flash Gordon having to run through and get them to swap it over. So many a fun oh, yeah, memory of this you, film. Yeah, you had to turn it over, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philips bring you pictures from a silver disc. Highest quality pictures and sound on laser vision. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, I've just had a quick Google about Queen doing the soundtrack. And Queen agreed to do the soundtrack as long as they was fully hands-on and they was able to use any of the quotes from the films. From the film. So they built the entire soundtrack. So it was up to them to build it and they used it. So it looks like they took it pretty seriously. I reckon there was pits because of their campness, and it just goes well with the film. Because it was written by the same guy who, uh, the old Batman from the 1960s, 1970s. Yes, yeah, it is very reminiscent of that. Like when you, if you watch them kind of side by side, without the kind of power and whack that you see in in in, in Batman, it's, it's the style is pretty much identical. Both great films as well. Both I grew, I grew up on as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he grew up on a lot of camp films yeah yeah nice. which is in stark comparison to mine because my dad just grew up on hammer horror films because he's he, i remember him used to say to me mom they ain't that bad they ain't that bad when it was made but it's still still scary still scary stuff watching dracula come out very much so whereas the kind of films now have aged a little bit so they they're not as Scary, not, but they're, they're kind not of as scary. No, yeah, yeah, they could appear on BBC two and BBC two, BBC two in the morning. <laughs> you can happily watch it. Well, Flash Gordon, even though it was aimed for family viewing, still has it's quite uh, you know titillating. It, it just delve into a lot of the um, you know it's sort of like a carry on film in essence. <laughs> Matron, take them away! There are some bits in it now where I look back and I'm thinking, I'm, I am surprised that 
that kids got to watch this because this wouldn't have been in before the watershed some of these scenes no it's like i've become a little bit too snowflake in our approach we wasn't we were speaking before weren't we about the types of tv programs which we wouldn't be allowed now yeah it has got a bit kind of bit crazy but it never affected me as a child because you don't know what it is so you know it's well, one of those we say that don't we well we say it's never affected us. <laughs> yeah. depends yeah, if people come and meet us then they can make their own assumption over that don't mind if i do <laughs> so let's let's give us a bit a bit of a breakdown of flash gordon if you can so for somebody who's never seen flash gordon if you imagine your kind of stereotypical american jock uh is flash gordon and the blonde eye blue eyes huge muscle bound footballer wasn't it well american footballer yes he was quarterback for the new york jets and very much kind of the kind of same kind of physique as arnie um who was turned down for the role because of his accent at the time i'll be back hasta la vista baby i didn't know that yes well i mean that's what the internet told me so, <laughs> well, if the internet said it, it must be true. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I found on the internet that the guy who played Flash Gordon, but he actually was uh, in Playgirl. He was the centerfold for the women's version of Playboy. But and I, I think know. that that's how they got him into the role. The guy can't, couldn't even act. I'm not saying he can in the film either. But <laughs> no, it's, it's it's quite interesting that one of the when I was looking, because I've been looking at IMDb, which is the source of the internet, so it, it, is, it is fairly kind of reputable as far as internet sources go. You know, it's not someone's own wiki where they've written everything themselves. But one of the uh, user reviews, which I thought was quite funny, goes on to say that he, his acting was was terrible, even dubbed, and that's the first time I realised that he's his voice lines are dubbed. <laughs> really, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So. Um, Why is it? Is it because he's he's got a foreign uh, tongue or something like that? Because in in America they didn't they dub some like uh, part of Train Spotting. I heard in some parts was overdubbed because they couldn't understand them. Gun, gun. Shades, fucking, fucking gosh. To be honest, I wish I got that version when I was watching Train Spotting. <laughs> so, I, I haven't seen it yet, so it's a film I probably should should add add to the list. But um, so to carry on with the with with the story. Go with your narrative. Yep. Um, so, for some reason, they are flying somewhere. Flash Gordon's just been on holiday, and they happened to crash land into a greenhouse. Did you fly weapons get as far as landing? I was afraid you'd ask that! Which is owned by an estranged NASA scientist, Dr. Hans Zarkov, who the, the scientific community has shunned for being an absolute loon. It's probably the, and did, the best And their plane just happened to crash land. Yeah. We all know how big America is, how many greenhouses they've got, but it just happens that that one greenhouse... With a nutty professor and a and part-time space enthusiast. Yes, yes, because, I mean, you would have to be to have a rocket in your greenhouse as well, which which he has. So he's a well-prepared loony. So what happens to the other people on the plane? Are they just dead? Uh, yeah, so the film is introduced showing the planet Earth quite low-tech. <laughs> For kind of graphical fidelity versus some of the things you see for Star Wars, like some of them, like the moons of Endor, it is, you can quite clearly tell it's not um, high budget, that intro. It's scary, isn't it, to wonder where this 20 odd million went? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does very much fit the theme of the film, though. So if, if it kind of was super high, high fidelity and high, everything looked like fantastic, kind of like Star Wars did, yeah, I think it would kind of feel a bit split personality because you've got the kind of the script and the acting, which is all kind of campus Christmas. Absolutely kind of just kind of sit back, relax and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it to kind of hardcore kind of fidelity of Star Wars. It's, it would it's, kind defi- of, it's definitely a leave your brain at home type of film, isn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. If, if you start trying to read in, <laughs> if you start trying to read into it too much, I think you've probably missed the point of the film. So, so forget about the fact that they crash landed and the only survivors is Flash the Hunk and an estate agent is she a estate agent something like that isn't she yeah yeah she is um who's who's stunning and they landed in the backyard of some crazy loon with a rocket okay yeah. go from there 
So, then, Dr. Hans Sarkov, who's probably one of my favourite characters in this film, just because I just I just think he's absolutely ridiculous, he has a gun. He, he tries to kidnap Dale because he needs the one person to, to, to fly the rocket because he needs them to activate some red pedals as they take off so they don't get killed by the G-force. Are you crazy? Unfortunately not. <laughs> so not only has he made the rocket... He forgot he needs a second pair of hands to use the pedals, okay? Yeah, so I, c- I can kind of see why NASA may have got rid of him, because he has a major design flaw with his rockets <laughs> that he builds. <laughs> so then Flash, the hero that he is, tries to intervene, which then kind of kickstarts the series of events of the rocket launching, because Flash manages to throw Hans Zarkov's head into the launch button. Just so happens to just be one button that triggers everything. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, the whole whole sequence is is a one big red button. Kind of looks like a little fire escape button. So it's well placed, well placed. Because if the, if it was moved somewhere else, we wouldn't have had the story that we had. So yeah, well, good job it was there. Yeah. So they then kind of launch into into space, and then they are heading towards the coordinates. So you don't really know, kind of know where they are. It's not really kind of told. They're kind of out there somewhere, and Hans Zarkov knows where it is, but it's never kind of really shared how far. Or, or near they are but as they approach what's called the sea of fire um which kind of just looks like the surface of the sun did you just slip unconscious at that point yes yes they're, they're, uh, they're all flying unconscious and for um, some reason they just decided to fly unconscious it's just you know i mean it, it doesn't really go into the fact that you need oxygen or helmets or no gravity or all this just needs to be wiped away yeah, so I think if you look into the you know kind of science behind it, they either must have been extremely sure that that rocket was pressurized perfectly, <laughs> because because he was happy to just fly up, you know, in his in his overall and his and his kind of you know cocky pants. So and which person actually just to break into this, but what person on the planet walks around with the name on a t-shirt? <sighs> it's a spray on, a spray on t-shirt as such anyway. Yeah, it is. It's that, quite a tight fitting. Yeah, it is someone who must absolutely... I mean, if you didn't know who Flash Gordon was and watched the film, I think you probably would have known without the T-shirt. But just to kind of belay all fears of people not kind of working out who Flash might be, that, that T-shirt not, definitely tells you. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. Anyway, back to the story. Our heroes are currently unconscious and they're on the flight to... Is it Mongol? They Mongols? are. They are the flight to the planet Mongol. Mongol. Mongol? Mongol. Mongol, yeah. I think it's M-O-N-G-O-L. Mongol? Mongol. As in Genghis Khan. There's a lot of references to Genghis Khan type, isn't there? Like Ming. Yes. As in Ming Dynasty. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's intentional, or was it uh, just going back to the time of when it was first out, Flash Gordon, and the the, uh, the rifts between uh, China and America at the time, rather than using, obviously, Russia, which might have pissed him off, they used the Chinese. Well, yeah, well, it was just the kind of red curtain, wasn't it? So every kind of country like that that was kind of communist was considered one of the... One of the baddies. Yeah, so you think you could have picked anyone, but think with with this film it's probably easier to to to, to pick uh china and the kind of the, the mongol horde as a kind of uh i can't think of the word as the evil ones yeah they could have even just picked any other name out of the sky or made up a name to be the evil ones the amount of times i've watched this and thought they meant mongs was in Mon- <laughs> And and then you're walking away going, I'm sure they're pushing a bit there, you know. I'm sure they can't get away with saying that. <laughs> well, they, they managed to get away with quite a lot, as, as we'll find out slightly, we do. Yeah. slightly later. So they are being led through the, the sea of fire safely by the workforce of Ming. Hot day! Uh, so John Hollis played one of uh, Clytus' observers who was fitted with an electronic imager device in place of his eyes. Uh, he also had a role in Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, as Lando's uh, Calrissian's aide. In that film, he had a similar distinguishing feature, which was the cybernetic device over his ears, which allowed Lando to kind of control him from his wrist. Do you remember? So that's the oh, same. Yeah. yeah, that was the same person. Super trooper, beams are gonna blind me. Uh, so he is leading our heroes to be through the sea of fire safely. 
which they are then it wasn't really a soft landing but they were brought down without being harmed on, on the planet mongol mong wake up we're okay we're on the ground back home i don't think so <laughs> mongo. planet Mo- mongo mongo if anything, this podcast, I'm sure, will will get some uh, traction with regards to the amount of uh, miss uh, miss language. Yeah, if anyone wants to contact Cliff, <laughs> with the correct pronunciation of the Planet Mongol, uh, then please <laughs> let us know because it yeah, might be the best don't want, time. We don't we don't want to offend any Mongs out there, you <laughs> see. And that's all we want to do. It's just make sure making people happy. Mongols or not, except anyone. So he leads our heroes to meet the uh, Ming the Ming the Merciless. Yes, yes, they are. Then right. um, they are then taken to the Emperor Ming by you instantly. Some, by get some, excited over Dale. Yes, I think we we enter where they're offering tribute to the to Ming uh, because he's recently blasted their planets into oblivion. Often the way I find tributes the best. They started is just take destroy everything that they've got and then you know kind of keep asking for some more some more bar. So he's been given offerings uh, for destroying these planets, which he takes pleasure in. He's not even doing it for to to gain any minerals or oils or any space fragments. He's just purely doing it for the fun, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he just kind of likes to you know fuck with people's planets. Um, it's probably the best way. So he just kind of like messes them around, then just kind of enjoys that kind of lording over people putting them in a position where he's in kind of absolute power and people have to remain loyal out of fear again that is kind of shouting back to kind of world war Two, adolf hitler and kind of how things were with the the ss and the secret police and the people living during that yeah. time in occupied occupied lands yeah take take over and then you have to respect him yeah. if not it'll just kill you yeah so it's also the first time that we meet brian blessed and i think we're gonna have to see who can do the best gordons alive at the end as well oh yes yeah that's a good one yeah and we'll even we'll, we'll put him in it as well i'll nick that little quote okay neither of us can win then because obviously he's the best gordon's why did he name the woman who's stunning in it Dale? Dale's a bloke's name. I yeah, I always thought it was. It's really annoying but, when you're reading about it and you go, "Who's Dale? I don't remember him." Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those uh, people call you know people call the kids anything these days. Well, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Well, so that's probably one of the more progressive names of the time. Oh yeah, maybe this is like a binary name. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's out of the window now, isn't it? Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. This is. We'll allow you to choose your own name. So we'll give you a a a, a middle ground name. We'll give you a Dale. Why? Because that's the name of my dog. Okay. <laughs> kind of like you know, Carrie. I used to. Carrie's... I used to. I used to go to school with a with a lad called Carrie. Really? Yeah. It's it's, it's one of those what? names that's just breaking down barriers. Isn't it? The poor bastard would have got picked on. <laughs> How's that breaking down barriers? Except his soul. And he, he relinquishes mum and dad as he's been punished with that bloody name. But you ought to thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye. Because I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue. I never said kids were nice, you know, I was just saying. <laughs> At least it's, it's, it's kept in your mind after all these years gone by. Oh, yeah, I remember some lad, some poor disturbed lad. <laughs> anyway, back to our plot, if there is any. Yeah, so this is another thing with the film, which I think is fantastic, is they like to tell you what's going to happen and then do that. Which is very much like a James Bond, and the guy who written it also written one of the James Bonds. Yes, a lot of fact. A few of the cast were in James Bond, weren't they? Or, or a James Bond. Timothy Dalton, who obviously was James Bond. Yeah. Um, I can't name any of the others. But one, Ming. I think Ming turned up as a, as a bad guy, stroking a cat or something, or a dog, or himself. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So there we are. So five actors from the James Bond movie appeared in this film. Max von Sindel, Timothy Dalton, Topol, Andy Bradford, and a young Robbie Coltrane. As we well, know, train gets frigging everywhere. He was he was the airport. Yes, he it. was man at the airport. Yes. No, no, he was the airport. <laughs> anyway, back to the plot before we just go off in tangents. 
we, we are quite good at that. So, yeah. back to the plot. So, as our three leaders to be are taken before the mighty Emperor Ming, Flash decides to call Ming a psycho just after he stabs one of his not-so-loyal subjects for treason. The thing is, if you were in that situation, let's just put this, yeah? You've been brought to a different planet, you didn't even realise it existed, you've got this nutter in front of you with all these dignitaries and his warriors and, you know, he's, he's, he's there adorned with his gold and riches and he kills one of his people. Why at that point would you turn around and go, well, I'm not having that. I'm going to step in and say something. Because You're going to instantly get killed. Because minutes before, Han Zarkov reminds Flash and tells him, these people all look ripe for rebellion. He sets the scene, Cliff. He tells this Flash, who is probably quite a fan of himself considering he walks around in a t-shirt with his own name on it. I'm sexy and I know it. But still, he's meddling in other people's business. It would be better for him to get back on the rocket, try and fix it, and go home. Well, it's not the first time a Western country would have unpopular... Meddled with things he shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, meddled (laughs) in other people's stuff. So, you know, why break something that, uh... That's true, quite that's true. <laughs> you know, um... There's two, there's two powers of police on the planet Earth. One is America and the other one's the UK. So you might as well be policing the bloody universe as well. Well, I'm not sure about us, us anymore. America still like to put themselves out there, but... <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we're more the secret police. Yeah. We're the ones who probably killed Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> just so you know, whoever's listening out there, uh, that was Clifford, not me. <laughs> he, I'm sure everybody <laughs> has their own theories. Anyway, you got to think to yourself, where was Queen Elizabeth at the time of Kennedy's murder assassination? You know what I mean? Think about it. She's probably in Buckingham Palace. It's amazing she didn't flip the car under a motorway or something. Anyway. <laughs> 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 I'm a fan of our Liz. I think she's quite good. She's done a lot. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I won't want to say anything bad. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, the cat's already on the way out. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's, a, that's another conspiracy altogether. But. I will personally hang you from Tower Bridge. After Flash calls Ming a psycho, which is then repeated by the floating presence of Ming, which is a robot which looks. Very much like the torture robot in Star Wars, if you've not oh, seen Oh, yeah. No way. Just thinking right now, yeah, he does. Ming is a little bit rattled and feels that he needs to kill this this naysayer. Up, yeah. yeah, he's jumped up little swine. This blonde-haired, blue-eyed. It puts his name on his T-shirt. I think that was the thing that was deciding it, really. It's the fact that he looked at him, realised his name was kind of flashy. He was like, oh... What a- See, I, I didn't think that. I thought Ming looked at him and then looked at his daughter's reaction, who's Ming's daughter's a bit of a slut, isn't she? Yeah. And um, I thought Ming might have got a bit jealous. Potentially, but that that's, that's his daughter. So I'd, li- I'd like to think that probably wasn't the case because he was quite happy for her to lead, lead a, a small... The little people with swords. Dwarfs. Yeah, but I can't... <laughs> I'm not actually sure what what kind of race they actually are. The Mongols, Mongol dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 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 little crazy people with swords uh, that look a little bit like umpalumpas in with massive shoulder pads. And a stupid amount of colour. <laughs> it's like yeah. if you watch it on a 4K TV now, you're blown away. You're actually trying to turn down the cover. Yeah, it's <laughs> like everyone at the rainbow. <laughs> L- leading him around w- with a with a chain and a choker. So you know. <laughs> I mean, that was, if that was okay, then I think he's probably all right with her eyeing up and down our Flash. Yeah, I suppose so. However, we, we do find out, as you watch on, that Ming's daughter does try and save the life of Flash for pretty... I think it's, I think we can say pretty, like, positively that would hit hit the nail on the head if it was just for sexual reasons. Yeah, it's, I think it's... Um... It's left to your own imagination. Dirty, dirty whore. And the clothes what they wear with the split what goes right up the side. And they flash your leg here and there. Yeah. <laughs> like we said before, I don't think they could get away with it now. And then still yeah. mark it down as a family viewing. No, yeah. There were very many eye shots as everyone was looking in the corners of their eyes, like, at each other. As you could see, the kind of the tension build, at which point Dale gets a bit upset. You know, it's like, 
Hey Flash, remember me? Yeah, well, he's, he's, she's, he. See, I just want to say he for Dale. It's just not right. Call her Dale. Anyway, so she, she gets nearly married to Ming. Yes, which is another, there's an, another scene in there as well where they give Dale a drink to just make it be okay, which is one of the parts of the film, which I thought was a bit like, that's one of the things that you probably wouldn't see on a screen today. No, it's, um, well, hit now. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of it was called, but... Ketamine. <laughs> oh. Give her a shot of Ket. So she just feels great. Well, yeah, she probably wouldn't realise what, what was going on. So what was the drug of which uh, he gave her? So it's not ketamine. No, it's not ketamine. Man. Not... So the, the drug has no name. The drug has no name. Oh, that yes. type of drug. They're the best yeah. drugs. <laughs> yeah. So it has no name, and all we know is that many men died bringing it back from the galaxy of pleasure. <laughs> that is awesome! <laughs> the galaxy of pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I think that is a massage parlor above one of the chippies around the corner from me. I'm sure it says the galaxy of pleasure on top of there. I think it is. I think there's a sign saying happy ending as well, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so our intrepid heroine, Dale, asks, will it make me forget? To which the answer is sadly not. But it will make the nights more agreeable and you less unhappy about remembering. All within the context of a couple of sentences have they really told the adults of the film Yep, you're going to have to shag the guy. I know you're not going to be able to forget it. For the kids would have gone, what are you on about? Yeah, they would have completely lost the point. They don't stop towing the line, though, because then we travel to Aura and Flash. Yes, so they're escaping Mongol and flying to Arborea, which is the... One of the big things we forgot to say, there's a massive uh, plot, is the, uh, the moon is on a collision course with Earth, and they've got 24 hours to save it. We sh- yes. probably should have brought out that before we talked about the romance and the drug taking. Yes, yeah, so they've got 24 hours to do that. So in between yeah. all that, she nearly, she, she gets date raped and he, try, he nearly gets killed but gets saved by a slut. Go on, go up to that point. I thought we tackled the big big things first, Cliff, you know. The... Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd leave the imminent destruction of the uh, of the Earth to the end. So minor, minor so it, it inconvenience. Is. Is the moon is the moon actually moving or because it says it's on a collision yeah. course? Because if the moon moves in any particular way, going towards the Earth, then the, it affects tides, and there'll be you know uh, tidal waves, tsunamis. Uh, there'll be uh, weather, and down on Earth they're completely oblivious to what's happening. No, they're not completely oblivious to what's happening. So when um. At, at the start of the film, you kind of see Emperor Ming, with, yeah, Emperor Ming with his ring starts an earthquake, his ring of power. And how um, does he how does he use this this special ring of power? Does he does he rub the does he rub his ring? <laughs> I, I don't think it's a rub activated. Oh right. <laughs> so, so this special it's ring not piece one of those he's got, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it enables him to create earthquakes. Yeah, so it, kind of like the, the the one ring to rule them all. He uses it to basically start a whole load of unnatural disasters. So loads of earthquakes, um, but like hot hail and loads of bushfires where you wouldn't only kind of have them and stuff. They were like massively kind of what? going off. He was just... And the last part was the taking the moon into the earth because when a... Um, race realizes kind of that he is uh, that there's something else out there he kind of sees it as a threat so he goes and conquers them and then brings them into the fold um so unfortunately for han zarkov he realized this years ago and basically doomed doomed earth or did he so from that point then they are escaping to the planet arborea to get help because as Hans Arkov set up previously, these people look ripe for a rebellion. Just by looking at them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the way they were like a ragtag band of, of people. Yeah, they were like, there's some lines we can draw on a map, you know, get it all. Yeah, easy. So they, they go to uh, rally up the troops as such to overthrow the emperor. 
Yes, so this is where it starts. They go to, to Arpoy in order to, to... Well, Aura asks Prince Balin to... Uh, Baron, sorry, to, to, to keep him safe and agrees not to kill him. However, they do then have to do the deadly ritual where they put their hand into the log on a planet that is basically Dagobah 2. It's like the most pointless 15 minutes of the film. Are you brave yeah. enough to put your hand in the log? Stranger in this temple must try the wood beast or die. That figures the beast lies somewhere in the stump. Choose a passage. The log bites back. Another so reason. Is there no one in finance going, where the hell did this $20 million go? They're putting their hand in a hole. Brilliant, okay? So, they then perform the, the ritual where there's a kind of beast inside the log, which if they bite them, they'll kind of go crazy. And Flash feigns being kind of stung by it, um, and then escapes in all, the, in all the commotion. However, they are then captured by our good friends, the Hawkmen. Voltan wants a word with you, Baron. Gordon! Yeah, go on. Following that. Yeah, but at that point, when he's captured by the Hawkmen, he's made to do yet another ritual where they do that fight on that moving round board thing. Yeah, basically, it, it, it's kind of unlucky break after unlucky break for Flash because he gets gassed, then gets brought back to life, is then made to telepathically communicate with Dale whilst Ming's daughter... Seduces is, him. Yeah, like, chewing his face off, which is another towing <laughs> another towing of the line because he thinks to, to Dale... Where are you? Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. So, as <laughs> they, they pulled out all the stops with, with towing the absolute line of what can be put what? in a PG bill. <laughs> But he resisted her as well. Yeah, yeah, he managed to resist her. Only for Dale as our Flash. Only for Dale. Only for Dale. And his well, perfectly bright white shirt never seems to fade. Well, he, he, he gets himself uh, a, a wonderful red shirt with, with his own little... With a lightning bolt on it. That's right. So, yeah, when, when, he, when he rallies the troops, he, he, he swaps it over for an equally skin-tight top with a lightning bolt. And built like a truck, I'd bump for a buck. Yeah, so they, they managed to find a perfect replacement with his own symbol on. How how lucky. They must have been selling them in the shop. Yeah, it must have been like market day. And they're just like, we've got a load of these red tops, do you want one? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that's brilliant. Oh, it's even got a lightning bolt on it, that's perfect. It looks like me. <laughs> so, as you said, they made to fight on the revolving platform of Doom. During this deathmatch, though, Flash does, does decide to save Prince Baron. Which is you know, to the dismay of everybody watching, because it comes across as a bit of a wet lettuce, and everybody's like, oh, what are you saving for? Which is it's sort of like the gladiatorial ritual, isn't it? And then he should have killed him at the end, but doesn't. The Hawkman's going nuts for it. He's positively yeah. out of his skin, loving it. He loves a bit of violence, doesn't he? He really needs to get a TV or Netflix. He's got a little remote control he's holding. He's moving this uh, round pillar above. What well, looks like uh, some kind of vortex underneath it. Once you drop into, that's it. You're completely gone. Give me the remote control. And then to add insult to injury, presses the button and spikes come up. Yeah, it didn't make it nice or easy for them. Didn't make no. it nicer easy, but which is really strange that it becomes super mates afterwards. Yeah, I mean, if I just had a fight to the death of you, Cliff, on a on a on a revolving platform with spikes coming out of it, and you saved my life, I, I don't think we'd be good friends. I think I'd be no, 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 a bit upset that we had. To, I think I'd be more upset by the fact that we had a fight to the death. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'd probably be glad to be alive, but. You know, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, so do you want to go to the pub? You know, yeah, do you want to start a rebellion now to <laughs> with me? There is something finer in this galaxy than Ming's law. Rubbish! Yeah, now, now that we're best as Bezos, do you want to, you know, overthrow this mean emperor the together? Ming, <laughs> the Ming and his bongs. We can do yeah. it. <laughs> have, you, have you met his daughter? Oh, yeah. Oh, you've met her as well. <laughs> well that's hot, hot man butts in. <laughs> I've had her as well. <laughs> Friggin' hell, I'm one of those dwarfs. <laughs> you may see me sooner than you think. Lying bitch. Baron is slowly realising that he is not the first uh, guy on that boat. Still got, he's still pining for the boy-girl Dale. No, yeah, Fla Flash is still still trying to... Maybe Flash actually thought Dale was a boy with the name Maybe. Dale. Anyway, back to it, back to it anyway. So now he's got his got his mate. Yeah, so they, man have, they managed to save together. So n now he's got two bestest Bezos. Clytus takes one of Ming's ships to go bring them back. Uh, so Ming is told that 
Flash is still alive. So he, he goes to take back. Uh, God is alive! <laughs> sorry, sorry, just, that was really good, that one. It, it, it proper threw me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like Brian's in my house? Brian, Brian, Brian he's, he's behind me! They ordered to bring them back, so um, he wants Byron, Zarkov, and Dale to be taken aboard. Um, and Ming is impressed with, with Flash and offers him lordship over the earth in exchange for loyalty. What if I granted you a kingdom? You're crazy. You really prefer death to a kingdom? I'm disappointed. Didn't he offer his daughter as well? I'm not sure. I can't remember if he offers his daughter as well. Yeah, I think it's more or less in the deal. It's a good deal. He could be yeah. lord of lord of whatever and he's got his slutty daughter. He's almost, why not take it? I don't know. I'm sure Donald Trump has a few choice words to say about that deal. It's like, it's a good deal. should have taken it. <laughs> if it was me, I would have taken that deal. <laughs> That's what I did with my daughter. Pamela is some other idiot. Flash turns it down because, you know, he's a hero at the end of the day. And he's got a dynasty to overthrow. So Ming then gives the order to destroy Boltan's kingdom along with Flash. Where Flash then finds a rocket cycle and escapes before the Sky City is destroyed. I loved you. But there's no way I can help a man who's dead. <laughs> Nothing can save me now. They then go back to Arborea after Flash rides all the way there. It's quite super complicated film, really. <laughs> There's a lot of to and fro in. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of kind of back and forward. So they go to Arborea and plot the attack on... So it's on Mingo City. Oh, Mingo City. Mingo City, yeah. So Flash, being the, the, the brazen man that he is, pretends to attack it by himself. And General Carla dispatches the rocket Ajax to to kill Flash and bring him back. But then the, the Hawk people come. Yes. Unbeknownst to, to General Carla, the Hawk men are above the cloud, out 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 of sight. Yeah, they can't, they've got all that technology and they can't pick these up by radar because they're beyond the cloud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, if we look for these holes, Cliff, the story will make... <laughs> will make... will make no sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, sorry. We've got men who's flying above the clouds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Impenetrable clouds. Impenetrable, impenetrable clouds. Impenetrable clouds, yeah. Uh, so they, they then assault the, the rocket Ajax. The bloody bastards! And kind of overpower it and take Which it Which looks like a giant vibrator flying through the sky. It, yeah, it does. It looks like a vibrator with wings. Now, the only way, of course, because it wouldn't be dramatic if it wasn't, the only way to get through the defences is to fly a breakneck speed into them, which Flash manages to do. Because so he's a star. Yeah, because he's uh, he's a main character, so he's unkillable, as I found in, in in films. The only thing to really kind of bug that trend, as far as I'm aware, is really kind of Game of Thrones. Main characters didn't matter in Game of Thrones. There there was no such thing. Everyone was available to die. However, in, in this film, Flash manages to fly the rocket into the city. Just at the point of Ming's wedding. Do you, Ming the Merciless, take this earthling, Dale Arden, to be your empress of the hour? Of the hour, yes. Yeah, and... He's Fancy got... doing all that work, going after Flash and deciding, I'm still getting married to her at the same day. You think he'd have a lot on his mind? How could he give her his 100%? I think that's why they gave uh, Dale that the drug. <laughs> To not be so bothered. Ah, right, yep. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, not not only is the timing impeccable because they are just about to kind of be wed, but his aim is also true. So he manages just to skewer Emperor Ming with the basically narwhal-style horn on the end of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like flying Concorde at someone and pinning them with the nose of the Concorde. Yeah. Brilliant. Top aiming that. It's like, you know, Luke Skywalker, eat your heart out. He doesn't need no force. He just does it. Flies yes. straight into the target. Yeah. But he manages to impale Ming with basically his flying narwhal. Um, he then, because, you know, he's a top bloke, offers to spare the life of Ming if he stops the attack on the Earth. Stop your attack on Earth and I'll spare your life. You pitiful fool. My life is not for any Earthling to give or take. Spares the life even though he's just pinned him against the wall. Right, okay. Like I said, Cliff, if we try and, you know, <laughs> if we look at these things, uh, literally, the story kind of falls apart. He has just been skewered by, like, a 15, <laughs> 15 foot massive steel spike, but. Going probably <laughs> at the speed of sound. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he, he's a tough cookie. He's a tough cookie, so he could survive. Um, but then he he decides to, to refuse and tries to use his uh, power ring on Flash. 
so I should mess with his ring piece. Yeah. But that that fails. Not nothing happens, and then the ring. He, he then turns the ring on himself and is seemingly vaporized by its remaining power. This all happens as well. T- timing again. Seconds before destruction of the Earth, timer re- reaches zero, and they 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 celebrate. Long live Flash! You've saved your Earth. Have a nice day. Again, if we kind of poke holes, uh, there wouldn't be much to celebrate because if it was only seconds before, that that's pretty much guaranteed to hit. That that moon is going to be awfully close. Not, not only that, <laughs> is it already would have penetrate, penetrated certain amounts of atmosphere and caused a massive amount of deaths and destruction already in its wake. But yeah, go 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 ahead. Yep, we so, won't look into it. Yeah. Now we got to Prince Barin, which was the um, played by Timothy Dalton in it. Yes, yeah. So then Timothy the wet, Dalton marries. The, yeah. one. He then uh, he then marries daughter of Ming, and they basically become the, the new. Well, everyone's had her. He might as well. The dirty bastard. Well, yeah, he's like number four, number yeah. three. So. Yeah. Uh, well, no, number he's, six after one like, of the dwarfs. Smiling. Yeah, I think he's like number two and number seven because like you know she kind of goes away for a bit and then she kind of comes back. <laughs> um, he's made king of the universe. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of because he's now bestest friends with Brian Blessed as well with Voltan after the, you know that massive death match. He names Voltan leader of the armies and then Flash, Dale, and Zarkov discuss kind of going back to Earth and they're not really sure kind of how they're gonna do it. But you never uh, see him go. No. No, you don't. So you don't actually know if they got off the planet. But but Dale does say towards the end that she's a New York City girl and it's too quiet around Mongo. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's I too mean, quiet. Right, okay. What on earth goes on in New York? Flash all of a sudden his ego is reduced to absolutely nothing because he's like, I've done loads. <laughs> I've you saved you. I've done a rebellion. <laughs> like, and she's, she's like, like no, nah. the, the men in New York are way more butch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, that don't impress me much, Flash. <laughs> yeah, New York's got musicals, you know. <laughs> Not here with these mongos and swarf people. And that is the end. Not quite. So, because people were signed on to multiple films, you do see Ming's power ring be picked up by someone unseen and his laugh echo as the credits roll. And then um, on the screen, you do see the end before a question mark is kind of put on the end of that to suggest that there may have been follow-on films if if it was if it made a bit more money than it did yeah if it was just you know semi semi semi-successful at the box office it didn't even get semi-successful no it it, it bombed yeah it uh it bombed i think because of uh, a few reasons number one is the way they marketed it they tried to keep it in the same style as a um a serious sci-fi drama like star wars and running on the back of the success of superman as well they should have marketed as a comedy more of a more of a bit of a laugh and then more people might have gone yeah i think there was a lot of like star wars is around at the time as well and that was kind of serious that was all very like super successful you're not going to compete with star wars are you no i am your father the chef will be upset in America, they hated it. It actually did more successful over in the UK and Europe than most other places. Yeah, uh, America were very unhappy with <laughs> with with Flash Gordon. Oh! They'd been told a similar story again and again, so a lot of these stories um, echo things that things at the time. So, yeah, for example, that... like like the Emperor Ming was like a massive dictator, like taking over. Um, all these planets and bringing them into the fold, which kind of almost like symbolizes the kind of fight against capitalism in the West. Yeah. So Flash Gordon is then the symbol of capitalism in the West. He he is like the American Britain kind of ring incarnate for this film. And you can see them kind of fight fight back against that. Um, but that you get you get that story in in everything. Well, I guess I'll be running along now. And it has, be, it has become a, a massive cult hit with people leaving. Um, bringing it into their films like Ted is it Ted 2 he actually he appears in Ted 2 does he Sam yeah. J. Jones yeah he looks well past it we are gonna party like the 80s show us how flash it's easy we just gotta nail a lot of girls named Stephanie I thoroughly enjoyed it I think it's one of those films that if you go and watch it seriously then as you said you know there's loads of things we can kind of poke holes in but it's just one of those films you kind of watch to just switch off and take yourself away. The kind of go- goings on in the world. It's one of those escapism films that you just. Probably, it's probably more enjoyable now. 
yeah. know, when you when you watch it and and there's been remastered ones and you know you get the cleaned up ones that they bring out. This is full on vivid in your face. It's like watching a drag act. Yeah, it is very much like the the colour is like popping out the screen. There is It's it's like a comic uh, book. You're watching yeah. a comic book on screen. Yeah, it's very much like they they try to do that. They try to rebring that kind of color that you'd see those really bright vivid colors from a from a comic t- t- to life. <laughs> okay, so that's ship's deep dive looking at Flash Gordon with the help of Bads, Bad Boy, Bads. It's definitely not Bad Boy. I'll, you know, I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> so you wanted to finish off with uh, a little bit of a competition. So this quick competition is going to work is both of us do Gordon's Alive in the voice of which we think Brian Blessed does. Okay, take it away. Gordon's Alive. You know what? I'm sure Brian Blessed is not in your house with you. That sounds exactly like him. I am pretty confident he is nowhere to be seen. Right, my turn. Gordon's Alive. I see. That one was much better because he's a lot more of a like a fat bastard like me. No, he's just really oh, powerful right, okay. in what he says. Like you know, he he doesn't really talk quite like like this or like I do. He's more of a Gordon's alive. But he does that in real life in his interviews, doesn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely not a. He's ace. He's, he's ace. He's I think very, my he's... second one was better than the first one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, we do is we put Brian Plessett in now. Gordon's alive. And let anybody listening can make up their mind which one sounded the best. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, as we wrap up this camp-style blockbuster... <laughs> not much of a blockbuster. <laughs> this camp-style 20 million bit of a flop. We are going to empty your memory. Don't do that. I spent my whole life trying to fill it. So, uh, it's been great speaking to you, Mr. Bads. Do you like Mr. Bads or just Bads? I think for you, Cliff, it's got to be Mr. Bads. Oh, yeah, but thank for, you. But for the listeners, you can just call me Bads. Okay, so uh, thank you very much and goodbye, Mr. Bats. Thanks, take care.